Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. everybody how we doing welcome in to mike in the morning i'm michael Bork. I'm glad that you guys are with me on the live stream as you are every weekday morning today i've got a handful of things for you first of all sec coaches talking anonymously with athlon they do this kind of content every year and honestly when it comes to what they said about Ole miss and mississippi state they kind of nailed it this time i mean it's pretty spot on and i'll tell you what they said and react to what they said also there's a uniform going viral. I want to show it to you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's not real. I'll go ahead and tell you. It's it's not real. But, man, if it was, uh, the NFL and college football is going to start penalizing taunting more. I'll show you some examples that they gave for things that are going to be penalized moving forward. It's not just the NFL. It's college football It's w- as well. And like I said on the radio yesterday, if the SEC – makes horns down a penalty. If they make that a penalty, I'm storming the league office in Birmingham, and I want all you guys to come with me. We are not going to let that fly around here. Uh, if I have time also, Major League Baseball's minor league system, the attendance is plummeting. I hate when people use the phrase new normal, but I think in sports that might be it. And also, I've got a loser of the day for you. The biggest loser in sports today it, Not for anything on the court, on the field. No, financially, the biggest loser in sports. So I've got all of that coming your way, hopefully, uh, here in the next 30 to 45 minutes or so on the live stream. But while you're here, if you're a first-time viewer, listener, whatever the case may be, subscribe on YouTube. Just search the name right there. Subscribe on YouTube. It's free. Don't don't worry about paying for anything. It's not another subscription that you got to pay for that when you look at your bank statements, uh, you see that there's another like $7.99 charge for some service you never heard of. That's not YouTube. It's free. So search my name, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you like what you hear, like the video. Also follow on Facebook and Twitter and wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the morning or my name should turn up results. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, also free. Or if you're in Spotify, like the podcast. And if you like what you hear, leave a rating and a review. I would appreciate that very, very much um jp says good morning michael we've made it to wednesday stop it stop it (laughs) oh i said tuesday didn't i oh my gosh the podcast listeners are going to be really confused yeah wow hey at least we're one day later i suppose oh that's embarrassing uh Countdown inches forward now tw- at 29 and 24 days, respectively. The fifth and final unofficial start of football has arrived with Hard Knock streaming. Yeah, Dak used some uh, some potty mouth words last night. How dare he? Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. Hard Knocks is awesome. I, I absolutely love it. Um, big year for him, obviously. CD Deuce is going to end up like a Browner did. 
like Browner did, a flag every third play. See, that's the thing, though. He he only talks, really. So he might get away with it still. Patrick asking, draft night never happened. Ole Miss was never put on probation, and Hugh Freeze is still the coach. Where's the program? Uh, I don't think he would still be the coach. I think there it was always destined to fail. I think the the personal issues were going to come to head regardless of draft night happening or not, honestly. Um, it would have taken longer, but the locker room was lost. And on top of that, the, the personal things were going to come to head. It was going to end up ugly eventually. It was. I mean, regardless of how the NCAA thing shook out, it was going to end badly from the personal side. It definitely was. So I still think today we're talking about a different coach and a different regime at Ole Miss. That was coming. Um, honestly, they're lucky that that that's all it was. So, good morning, William. Glad to uh, see you. All right, so anonymous SEC coaches. This, you know, sometimes I think that the anonymous stuff is uh, is fake. So I'm sharing the screen with you now for uh, for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I'm not going to go through the entire thing because why would I? Uh, this is from Athlon. They do it every year. Anonymous SEC coaches talking about everybody in the league, but, you know, Mississippi, Super Talk, Mississippi, Sit in Madison, Mississippi. We're going to talk about Ole Miss and Mississippi State today. Although I have noticed that some of you guys that watch on YouTube are just from anywhere. Uh, which is cool, by the way. I appreciate you. We'll do a lot of football talk, I promise, this year that will not just be Mississippi-focused, mostly league-focused. But anyway, uh, Athlon. Athlon puts out these anonymous coach quote things, and I eat them up, even though I swear sometimes, I swear sometimes these are made up. I swear. Because there was one of these that was not by Athlon, but there was somebody else that wrote an anonymous coach thing and they were talking about the Ole Miss quarterback. And they described John Rice Plumley. So it was the, their quarterback's a good runner, but is he a good enough passer to beat defenses, like was the quote. And that was after last season. They described John Rice Plumley. This anonymous coach didn't know that Matt Corral was Ole Miss's quarterback. So some of this stuff, I, I don't know if I buy. But honestly, for both Mississippi State and Ole Miss, they kind of nailed this, for the most part. Here's what uh, a few of the quotes from Mississippi State. It really comes down to how they're going to recruit to those systems they have in place. Obviously, they didn't have right fits at a lot of positions last year, and it showed. I talked about that a lot last year. Uh, Going into the season, I was one of the few people that was willing to tell Mississippi State fans that your team's probably not going to be very good because there's just such a philosophical change and the personnel's not going to fit what they're trying to do. It was always going to take a couple of years. And I do think it's worth noting that Mike Leach last year, Mike Leach last year had a better recruiting class than Dan Mullen's average. Now, that's not exactly fair, but it's true. So, Mike Leach recruited better than Dan Mullen's average last year. But that also includes Dan Mullen's transition year and 2011 in the year where he signed like five NFL players and the class was ranked 41. So, you know, there's nuance there, but still recruited well. Recruited really well, actually. 
all things considered, and what they are up against. Um, another quote, the biggest thing that happened to them, good and bad, was the LSU game. After that game, everyone figured it out. Don't play man. They fired on a lot of crossing routes, and they were creating a lot of picks at different levels, bumping defenders off routes. The next couple of games, you saw them all drop eight and swarm the ball. The problem there is that you have to run in that situation, and they can't. They check out of stuff and run for two and three yards. That's kind of the thing last year as well with that offense. I can't tell you the number of people that I heard, run the football, run the football, run, run, run. Well, they tried. It's never going to be part of the air raid system, not a focal point anyway. But if you're telling me that the offensive line was so bad that they couldn't protect against a three-man rush, you think they're going to be able to line up and run against SEC front sevens? That's the talked about it a few days ago. It's going to be something that is said every single day, or at least it should be if we're doing it right. Every single day going into the start of the season, every single day is if Mississippi State is not better on the offensive line, everything else doesn't matter. Well, yeah, oh, just run. They're dropping eight. Just run. They tried. They couldn't because they were really bad up front. Really bad. Um, Really bad. So that's the thing. That's the X factor. That's the, the selling point. You tell me how Mississippi State is up front, and I tell you what kind of season they have. If they're not much better than last year, it's going to be a struggle. So all of this, well, they should run more or Rogers should run. And yeah, he should. He had some openings last year that he should have taken and he probably will this time. But you can only run out of the rush three drop eight if you can run. And they couldn't last year because they were so bad up front. So that's an interesting point. Not a whole lot of people are talking about uh, where Mississippi State last year would check into runs and then do so unsuccessfully. Here's another quote. This one's not going to make state fans happy. That system can work, but it hasn't worked in the SEC since Kentucky and Hal Mummy. The question is, will Leach be open to evolving it? The air raid he's running is so specific to the old Big 12. The beauty of Lincoln Riley is that he built on the air raid and changed things. He's from that tree, but he branched out. You can run out his air raid in very creative ways. That's what Mike Leach has to do to complement the pass in this league. So there's a few things about Mississippi State offensively. Here's the other side of the ball. The defense does a good job confu- causing confusion. They're decent up front, lots of movement. Personnel-wise, they're not as talented as they were under Mullen, but they've done a nice job compensating, and that's entirely fair. Um, you know, Just simply not, you know, I, the front seven for Mississippi State is not filled with NFL guys, right? Uh Good, some good players. I think Aaron Brulee's an NFL guy. You know, there's a couple of bodies on the defensive line that could work their way there, but it's not the same now as it was under Mullen. At least it doesn't feel like it. But I think the scheme in the system is really good to the point where compensating is a nice word. It's almost like the, the absence isn't there. And a lot of people uh, just kind of look at box scores when it comes to Mississippi State. I, I did an interview two weeks ago or last week where somebody suggested, and they're not, it was out of market, so it wasn't here. They suggested that uh, Mississippi State's defense wasn't all that good. And so when you're not scoring and your defense isn't good, then it's a recipe for disaster. And I stopped him. I said, wait, hold on. Uh, Their defense was great last year. 
the problem was they had to play so much and their backs were so much against the wall that if you just look at box scores and numbers, you think, ah, they're not that good. But when you watch them play, it's one of the better, especially front sevens in the SEC last year. Certainly not the best, but they had to play more snaps than anybody else. There were so many just, they'd get a stop and the three and out would last 45 seconds and they'd have to go back on the field again. Uh, but if you just look at you know scoring output from opponents, you don't think that that defense was very good. But if you actually physically watch them play, you know, you know that Mississippi State was good defensively last year, and the scheme was there. They just had to play so many more snaps because the offense wasn't worth anything. They were constantly in bad p- field position. They were constantly, constantly having to play on short rest because of quick three and outs or whatever because of how bad the offense was. The numbers don't bear out really how good they were a year ago on that side of the ball. And this quote tells you all you need to know. They play hard. They bother you. Look at the Ole Miss game. They were able to bother Lane's play calling. If that's the direction they're headed, they could be a really good complement to that quick-fire offense. Yeah, see, the the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss put up a lot of numbers, but it was mostly big plays. I mean, it was, you know, they were up against a quarterback that throws one of, if not the best deep ball in college football. And it was a couple of home runs. Uh, I mean, th- that's really the difference in the game. Ole Miss struggled offensively a lot because of Zach Arnett and that defense. It's just they hit a handful of big plays, which w- was the difference in the game and why the numbers looked the way they did. Again, that's another just looking at stats thing and not actually watching the game. This coach clearly, clearly watched the Egg Bowl. <laughs> he clearly watched it and saw that Ole Miss's offense was bothered by Mississippi State's defense. They just hit home runs, and that was the difference. So good quotes there. Uh, Wayne, good morning to you, sir. I'm glad to see you. Ethan says, looking at the anonymous SEC coach comments, there's some air raid Cliff Kingsbury erasure there. Do folks forget that Manziel thrived under Kingsbury's offense and won a Heisman with it? Yeah, and uh, that offense seems to be working okay in the NFL as well. I mean, you know, I know the Cardinals haven't been great, but offense has been fine. So, I like I said yesterday, I'm not ready to to sign off on the air raid. Mike Leach's air raid is not going to work in the SEC. I'm not ready to sign off on that. There was too much of a personnel transition that had to occur before you can definitively make that assumption. It didn't look good last year. It has to look better this year. But if you're saying, nope, not going to work, because of what happened last year, you're kind of being obtuse. There's so many factors, so many factors, not just ah, the offense doesn't work at play there. JP says, as a member of the media, do you believe this stuff? Is Lane Kiffin going to sit down with a reporter under the guise of, hey, tell me how you really feel about SEC squads. I won't tell a soul it's you. Uh, I've always thought that these were staff members. Uh, that That's always what I've assumed. Um, let me scroll up and see if they actually mention, you know, who this came from. Because I've always just assumed it's a it's a staff member, it's a position coach, something like that that's talking. Um, yes, so they came directly from coaching staffs. So, yeah, not the head coach. So that that makes this a little bit easier to to believe, right? When it's um, a staff member, because I can certainly see running backs coach from Auburn willing to talk to Athlon, you know, about something like this. 
So if they were trying to sell me that it was all head coaches, I don't know if I'd buy that because, like you said, I don't know if Lane Kiffin's going to sit down with Athlon and be like, here's what I think about all these teams. But if it's staff members, I buy that. And they've been doing this for a long time. Been doing this for a long time. Mullen was recruiting top 20 classes. Pause not. Well, uh, I think Mississippi State ended up like 24 last year, but point still stands. Um, it was better. It was better. Williams says, I've never thought Mike Leach and or his offense would make it in the SEC. Ethan says, let's say things fall apart and USC and Clay Hilton gets fired at or at Houston and Dana Holgerson gets fired. Any chance Leach brings in Graham Harrell or Holgerson to help tinker with the offense? If you're a Mississippi State fan, you hope so. You hope so. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Graham Harrell finds his way onto an NFL staff, though, if uh, things go south in Southern Cal. I also kind of think that the the Trojans might end up being a really good team this year. Uh I think the Pac-12 might be sneaky good, guys. I know. I, I mean, this is that point in the offseason where football's almost here, but not really. And I talk myself into thinking things that are a little bit crazy. I am not convinced the Pac-12 is going to be the worst conference in the country this year. I, I mean, I'm not convinced that the Pac-12 is going to be worse than the Big Ten. I, I know I, that's crazy, but when you look at Oregon, who I think is a, a, a contender, uh, Southern Cal, who I think is going to be better. They're starting the season ranked. Utah is always, always solid. Washington is probably going to have a good football team again this year. I'm just saying the Pac-12 might not be all that bad this year. We might see a team from the Pac-12 make the playoff. Like, it's possible. Talking myself into it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think the ACC is going to be really solid, though. I think it'll be the SEC and then the ACC a step below, of course, but pretty close. I mean, I like North Carolina a lot. They avoid Clemson in the regular season. Uh, De'Eric King is hopefully fully healthy for Miami. We'll see how competitive they are. Uh, Virginia Tech I like. Uh, Virginia, I think, will be okay. You know, there's a lot there in the ACC, whereas the Big Ten, I think it's Ohio State, Wisconsin, you know, maybe Northwestern, and then a bunch of prove-it. You know, prove it with Michigan. Prove it with Penn State because you stunk last year. Uh, Nebraska might be firing their their native son, you know. Uh, so I think the balance in the Power Five is more balanced with the SEC, of course, being at the top and a gap between everybody else than it's been in a while. I really do. I actually believe that. Anonymous coach, uh, coaches on Ole Miss. Here we go. Lane is a savant. Somebody says he's probably the best pure play caller in the game. The tempo was surprising last year for a roster that wasn't really fit for what he wanted to do, which is a lot of the Bama stuff. He's just that good at uh, that good a play caller, honestly, where he has such instincts for what makes each of his skill guys successful. And, and the thing about that that quote right there, he a roster that wasn't really fit for what he wanted to do. Um. Last year, they, I mean, Lane Kiffin's kind of always been the guy that builds scheme and play calling around what personnel he has. It's not a make the personnel fit a system. It's make the system fit the personnel. And, and, you know, maybe that's just splitting hairs. Maybe that's exactly what he's saying. But it's just worth noting. To look at this offense now compared to Lane at USC, there's a lot of ideas that are coming from guys like Levy, and he's going with it. 
The great OCs adapt. They don't dictate. It's a good point. And also, finally, somebody giving credit to Jeff Levy. Uh, if you would have taken the Auburn job, uh, who, who, by the way, Auburn settled for Mike Bobo, and there are some Auburn fans that will convince you that they never wanted Levy, that they they always wanted Mike Bobo, and uh, get a good laugh if somebody ever tells you that. Um, that would have been a huge loss for Ole Miss. I think Jeff Levy does not get near enough credit for the offense. Everybody just points at lane, 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 understandably so, but there's an OC in the building that is also a savant. That's offenses at UCF were breaking records before he took the old Miss job. Like, don't ignore Jeff Levy because Lane Kiffin is the guy that gets the headlines. Uh, Levy deserves credit. And after he leaves this season for a head coaching job, because I believe that he will get one somewhere, uh, that'll be a big loss. It'll be a big loss. He's really good. He's really, really good. Somebody says the best thing they do is no huddle. They scout defenses so well that they can lock in on a weakness or tendency. This is what I'm talking about. And work it over and over. That no huddle stuff is great, but it's not sustainable. The evolution they need is to have a stronger line play and be able to shift down to ball control when they've got a lead. They led the SEC in rushing last year. It's an interesting take. Although they should have in the Auburn game, that was, I thought, a coaching failure. Going to Plumlee, Twice in that game at quarterback were the most predictable series they ran, and they got rid of the football quickly, and that led to the lost just as much as the bad call did. Um, This is on their defense. They just don't look SEC, honestly. We judge that by looking at the front seven, and there's not enough size or grit. If you're big up front, you can maul them and hide the ball from that offense. They were light on the edges, and you could tempo them back and gas their front, which is why they ended up in so many of those track meet finishes. Uh, that was absolutely true. I mean, there, there's no denying that. That is 150% accurate. Absolutely true, without a doubt. This may mean nothing. Like I said on the radio yesterday, and if you listen to the show, forgive me for, for repeating myself, but I think it's a good point, one of the few ones I've got. At least bodies and look this will be a different defense from Ole Miss last year. And I mean that literally. I'm talking about there will be names and bodies that play for Ole Miss this year that did not play on that front last year. And physically, they do look different. It doesn't matter if they don't play different. I've got to see it first before I start crowning them improved. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're going to be better. I don't know. But there will be, in the starting eleven. It's way too early to talk depth charts and stuff like that. But there's a chance that there's only a couple of guys that start for this defense. Two to three guys that start for the Ole Miss defense that Kiffin did not bring in. A real chance. You know, Sam Williams, maybe Sonogo, if Campbell can't uh, upseat him as a starter. Um, there might be a defensive tackle, like how Nor- like Katie Hill or something that starts. Uh, Jalen Jones in the secondary and everybody else is going to be a Kiffin guy. Uh, Every impact player on that defense, Sands, Sam Williams, if he's consistent, will be a Kiffin guy. So he has completely turned over that defense in just one year. Uh, Linebackers will be new bodies. Defensive line will be new bodies. Secondary will be new bodies. Uh, So no, I mean, they did not look like an SEC defense up front last year. Not even close. 
I mean, not at all. And they didn't play like it either, obviously. They may not play like it again this year, but physically, the the look and attention, uh, the the who they are and what they look like will definitely be different. They got to perform, but they will definitely be be different. And it's a good point about uh, Elijah Moore. They say losing Elijah Moore will hurt them, but this program's strength is innovative offenses. They'll adjust. And they mention the defense because they can't keep playing games that are uh, 50 to 49. So all in all there, usually some controversial stuff, air quotes, mixed in the anonymous coaches thing. Not so much this time. I, I mean, a lot of fair here. Like I even wrote on my little, my little notepad here, uh, fair underneath all of it. That was all fair and uh, pretty accurate <laughs> if, we're, if we're being totally honest. So uh, good for, for Athlon and the anonymous co- coaches for uh, for getting it right this time. How about that? Something that is not right and will not be right and is not accurate, but it's still fun to look at, is this viral uniform that uh, was going around yesterday and people were doing the whole Please, please, please be real thing. And if you're listening in podcast form, it's a Nebraska jersey where they are wearing the same thing as their mascot, you know, Lil Red, the blow-up guy that's wearing red overalls. So it's a red helmet with a gray face mask and all red pants. And the top is red up until the chest, and there's red overall stripes. So it's an overall uniform. And it's terrible. (laughs) And it's also not real. Uh, first of all, the guy that uh, that started this whole thing, that they're wearing it on September 8th, his name is Tattoo Baker on Twitter. You know, maybe he's maybe he's right. But also the thing that gives it away is the watermark in the bottom right-hand corner of this is 24-7 sports. And in fact, this picture has been around for quite some time. Uh, so this was not a Nebraska invention this was a graphic designer at 24 7 uh, having some fun making some goofy uniform concepts and uh this is not real this is not real um it's funny but it's not real could you imagine if they wore something like that though how embarrassing that would be i mean look at this ugly thing that that, that is the ugliest thing i've ever seen <laughs> That is worse than the stuff that uh, Nike made Florida and Virginia Tech wear, where they would have like the all blue uniform and just like a solid orange blob on the uh, on the the shoulder. Um, yeah, that bad, that bad. JP says, "Quit uh, talking to yourself, Bork." The Pac-12 may. Uh, May not be all that good. They'll prevent themselves from making the four-team playoff. Yeah, maybe. I'm a big fan of Mario Cristobal. I think uh, when Nick Saban retires, that's the guy they're going to hire. It's not going to be Dabo. I think it's going to be Cristobal, and he'll show you why this year. I think he's got a playoff contending team. Um, You say, uh, Lebby certainly has valuable input to the game planning and play calling. His UCF offense has certainly made it rain. I had a way to give credit where it's certainly due. And then you turn the page. If the Saints do not make a move ASAP to replace the gaping hole opposite Lattimore, the signal will be clear they're playing for the future and not this year. I mean, there was uh, talk that they were engaged in trade conversation with Jacksonville. So that's, you know, I don't know if that's going anywhere. 
But if they make that trade and get Henderson from Jacksonville, I don't know. It's definitely a rebuild. I mean, it's going to be a transition year. They they wanted to sign Richard Sherman, and now that's off the table. Um, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with really what you're saying. I think it, it's um, not necessarily a sign that they're mailing it in this year because they did explore other options. They tried. I mean, Richard Sherman was going to be on this team if he didn't get arrested. He was going to. At least that's what it sounds like. So we'll see if they can trade for Henderson. Um, Another thing for you. Penalties. This is going to happen in college as well. The NFL uh, did the whole memo thing. They're going to start cracking down on taunting penalties. And here is the examples that they gave for things that will be penalized now moving forward in the league. And guys, this applies to college as well. They're going to do the same thing in college. That right there, flexing. So Campbell for Indianapolis trucks, a Jacksonville defender, he gets up and flexes in his face. That's an example that they're using as a penalty. Here's another one from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, This one's equally as egregious. Is that Jarvis Landry? Yeah, so Jarvis Landry catches a pass, spikes the ball in front of a Texans defender and stares at him. Those are now going to be penalties in the NFL and in college as well. And this is soft as hell. I mean, you know, Bill Belichick, there's a video going by right now with Belichick talking about if you do something good, celebrate it because you worked hard to get there, so why not? Uh, This is soft. This is just freaking soft. I mean, flexing, I get if it was like the middle finger, right? If a guy gets up and does that or makes like a suggestive gesture, I'm cool with that. Like even the throat slit. So it's a little soft, but I get it. Something that would be like sexually suggestive. Cool with that. Middle finger, cool with that. This, I mean, come on. Are we really going to penalize this? It's a bunch of young men playing a violent game. It's violent. Like, look at the play, this play that leads to a penalty. Look at that. That's straight-up violence. But, oh, my gosh, we have to give your opponent 15 yards because you, oh, you hurt his feelings by flexing. That's soft. And I don't mean to be this, like, pseudo-tough guy, alpha whatever, like I'm not Aubrey Huffin here, but that's soft. I mean, what are, where are we today where that is a 15-yard penalty? Give me a break. These guys are running at full speed, banging heads against each other, but this, we got to get out of our game. Give me a break. Soft is what this is. That is just straight up, straight up soft. It's an embarrassment. Uh, I can't believe the league's doing this. I mean, when they started relaxing the celebration rules, we got some really funny and, and creative and clever stuff, and now this? Give me a break. Same thing in college. If somebody makes a tackle against Ole Miss's offense, and they get up and do that right there, that might be a penalty if they direct that towards an Ole Miss player. It's a joke. It's a joke. But here we are. Here we are. Henderson would be a steal for a second rounder. He would only have three years left on essentially a rookie deal. Yeah, he'd be cheap. And, you know... 
I don't know what you have to do to get him. You know, maybe you have to give up Michael Thomas and eat the cap hit. I don't know. Um, but I think you could, in theory, deal with the cap hit with Thomas, trade him to Jacksonville, get Henderson back in probably a pick or two. I think you could pull that off. I'd consider it. Ethan says, Oregon could be good this season, but it depends largely on how quickly the Ducks can get Moorhead's offense going, right? They were far from consistent last season. They were remarkably inconsistent. And by the way, uh, Ethan does great work covering Mississippi State for Underdog Dynasty. So check him out. Really good stuff. JB says, Mike Thomas is not Underdog Dynasty, Underdog Tribune. Underdog Dynasty is the other SB, uh, the SB Nation site that covers the Power Five. Underdog Tribune. Sorry, Ethan, I'm trying to give you credit. And uh, I say your name wrong. Underdog Tribune. TheUnderdogTribune.com. Good stuff there. Anyway, JP says, Mike Thomas is screwed if he ever gets a first down. Now that I think of it, C.D. Deuce might actually draw more flags from the opposition after a big play given up. It's gladiator sport. No fun league. William says, on the NFL, I think the offensive line will have been running for his life on my Steelers. Um, Possibly. I don't know, man. I, I have always believed in Mike Tomlin. Even if they're having troubles up front, which I don't I don't know if I agree with you there, William. I think they'll be adequate enough to give him time to operate. Um, Pittsburgh, I don't know if you're going to ever call them a sleeper, considering who they have and personnel-wise and who's their coach, but if you told me at the end of the season, if I went to sleep and woke up in February and the Steelers won the Super Bowl, I wouldn't even be remotely surprised at all uh, wouldn't be at all i'm high on your team this year william no worries yeah sorry ethan I, I i completely blew that one trying to give other people credit for doing good work and look at uh look at what happens so i'm gonna save this uh attendance thing for tomorrow if that's okay with you guys uh, i did read a story yesterday about uh, minor league baseball attendance and it's plummeting plummeting um People just aren't going anymore. And there's a lot of factors, mostly tied to the pandemic. But people use the phrase new normal, and I can't stand it because we all of these mitigation things and social distancing and stuff and not having big events, that will not be normal moving forward. It, it won't. It is now, but it won't be forever. Sports attendance, I think, is... So we'll talk about that more tomorrow. I do want to give you, before I have to go, the uh, the biggest loser in sports, Dennis Schroeder, formerly of the L.A. Lakers, now of the Boston Celtics. Earlier this year, during the season, he turned down a four-year, $84 million deal with the Lakers. $84 million he turned down. $84 million because he thought he could get more in free agency. Problem is, he didn't play particularly well down the stretch. The Lakers didn't go anywhere, and free agency featured a lot better guards than him. Kyle Lowry, for example. Lonzo Ball uh, was dealt in a side and trade to Chicago. There were better options. Chris Paul was a free agent, although he remained with his team. Um, Dinwiddie, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there, right? He decided to test the market, and the market tested him back. He signed yesterday 
for 5.9, a one-year deal for $5.9 million. Now, $6 million is a lot of money. It would change my life forever. So he's going to be fine. But imagine turning down $84 million to enter free agency and getting $5.9 million. <laughs> so he's your biggest loser today in sports. He'll end up, I mean, joke's on me. 5.9 is more money than I'll ever make in my life. But he's the biggest loser in sports today. And William, you're right. Biloxi Shuckers have called up uh, Thomas Dillard. Yeah, he played in... Uh, he played here in Pearl last night. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, if I have time, I'll go check them out. Um, I think they're in town this weekend, so I might go see him play. He's hitting bombs, which is no surprise to anybody. But yeah, that's, uh, that was pretty cool. I'll talk about that tomorrow some, because I think it directly applies to the future plans in Mississippi, Old Miss, Mississippi State, and Southern Miss with what they do with their stadium. Old Miss is about to uh, announce probably into football season or at the end of football season, a major uh, fundraising campaign that will see them at least destroying one side completely of the stadium and rebuilding it. Uh, So it has implications on the programs here. We'll talk about that, uh, the new normal in attendance tomorrow, and anything else that comes up between now and then as well. So don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, Michael Borky on YouTube, Uh, The podcast, Mike in the Morning, wherever you get them, and uh, leave a rating and a review. And if you're on YouTube and you like what you hear, like the video and tell your friends as well. Uh, Share the show if you don't mind. I would would appreciate that very, very much. So thank you guys for tuning in. Even if that's all you do, I appreciate you more than you know. Catch me on the radio this afternoon on uh, Sports Talk Mississippi and then back here tomorrow at 8 a.m. with you on this Wednesday JP. I'm going to have to cut that out of the podcast. I don't want people to actually, you know, get confused and turn it off after they hear Tuesday. So anyway, y'all have a good day. I'll talk to you uh, wherever you see me next. Have a good one. Talk Mississippi Media Production.